Every hour on the hour, when we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. No bullshit! Just did breaking news. Double or bullshit. Double or bullshit. No bullshit. Ooh. Ooh. Well, what's the date? 15th, January 15th, 2021. Got it. Welcome to No Bullshit News Hour. Share, share, share. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for y'all to get on. Because it's huge. You got a huge, huge program. Lot to get to. Big news day. Not the least of which is we told you. We told you the Flint indictments were coming. And they came. And we told you, at least in my opinion, they're bullshit. They're nothing new here. We wasted a lot of time and you're not going to get your justice. Even though they charged the governor. So joining us is a, a dear friend of the show, Flint City Councilman Eric Mays. Probably the smartest guy I know about the reality of this deal. He was on the board He's been involved. He called it from the beginning. Lives so, there. Lives there. And he's in his bedroom there taking, what is it? What's it, What's in that green cup there? Taking shots. Viagra pill. That was a shot of Patron. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had a city to run. He does, but he can't drink the water. Well, I do, but you know, I see that on TV. You look at them guys, they always are. When you have one, you know, they pull you just so this is a Friday. I'm gonna thank God it's Friday. It's a patron. Amen. It was. I'm that, honest. That, I'm honest. That is the OG right there. I mean, but uh it's very serious. So we'll get to that. Also joining us, again, very, very proud and happy and important. Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle join us about the abysmal and incompetent rollout of of the uh the COVID vaccine. He's going to tell the truth on it, and he doesn't care because he's a servant of the people and not a servant of the, of the party. And finally, my dear friend, he's a crackerjack reporter and writer, Wesley Lowry, formerly of the Washington Post, Pulitzer Prize winner, now with CBS News, about what's going on in Washington and where we're going as a people. How's that? Woo, it's a lot. Damn, I know. So share, 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 for real. And don't forget, here's what I want you to do. It's also the return of Red. Oh, yeah. Don't dare forget about Red. And Red hits the streets because that's what we do. That's what we do. Red asked people, would they take the vaccine if they could get it? Very important. And Karen's got a lot to say about that. Yes, she does. Man, this lady tried to roast me on Twitter for saying on television that I wasn't getting the vaccine. But we'll talk about that later. I am so <laughs> sick of Twitter. Fake news. Look, support our friends. Support all of our sponsors. Like... You don't support them, you don't support us. Then we don't bring you the exclusive news. Right? Amen, yeah. Flint, that's us. Nursing home deaths, that's us. The jail that ends up killing the sheriff, that's us. You're on top of it. Right? Yeah. The election, working inside, that's us. Don't pretend it's not, not. Not publishing press releases, that's not us. I got kicked off the attorney general's, uh, Eric. I got kicked off her press list. So that way, press list. 
Yeah, it threw me off. You know not why? That why real, I can't show up and ask real, real shit. Not the real Dana Nessel's press release. Yeah, the real one. Man, so that COVID-19 had something to do with um, Sheriff Napoleon. I know my condolences and heartfelt condolences, man. I'm telling you, I met the guy. He's a good dude. He was, he's, you know, and yeah, exactly correct. But uh, put that music back on. I like that. Please. Okay, I get it again. Please. Charlie, just two cents for those who haven't heard. They did uh, appoint a new sheriff, uh, Ray Washington, who served under Benny Napoleon. Eh. Just FYI. Eh. Yeah. Okay, I'm just letting you know we'll so everybody Ray knows and we're up to date. Nobody knew about the lawsuit either. <laughs> we won't go into that. What we will go into. Thanks for that news, Karen. Keeping us abreast. Sweet. Yep. Karen knows everything. She does. <laughs> she does. Listen, Esquire has named American Coney Island uh, one of the country's 100 restaurants that we can't afford to lose because if we lose it, we lose who we are. They call it a true original uh, regional delight. Coney's, which are hot dogs flooded with chili, yellow mustard, and raw onions. Sweet onions, Vidalia onions. It's at Michigan and Lafayette downtown. Come in and support it. Keep it alive. Open Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 3, Thursday to 9, Friday and Saturday till midnight, and Sunday till 5. Or get a Coney kit at AmericanConeyIsland.com. Super Bowl's coming. Get some Detroit sent to you. You ain't got to go out. How's that? Love it. Yeah. All right. Remember, think about that. Yeah, Super Bowl, man. Yeah. Easy way to do it. Luke Nowacki wants to remind you that if you're not among the ruling elite who make your pal's pockets fat off the taxpayer's back, if you actually... Frankie, don't call me. I'm working right now. <laughs> if you actually work for a living, you're going to have to provide for your own retirement and all those scumbags sucking off you up there in all's power. If you have questions about whether you're on the right track, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. I know I do. Grow your assets from annuities to individual retirement accounts to college saving plans to good old stocks and bonds. Make that call now. Your politicians and your children are dependent on you. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Eric, big news yesterday. Yes, sir. Governor Snyder and other officials in connection with the poisoning of Flint are charged. Hit with a raft of charges. The the governor specifically, two counts of willful neglect. Meaning, what they got him on was, we don't know if he knew, we don't know if he's lying, we just know he didn't do anything when Flint was just submerged in poison. Legionnaires, no, no, he, he did not act. Yeah, what, what do you think? Is that enough? Well, let me say this, as an elected official who has been convicted myself, um, I had always said that the governor should be charged <laughs> misdemeanors. I've listened close to Kim Worth and heard them say that uh, we'll, do, we'll let this investigation take us wherever the evidence leaves us. They also go on to say it's an ongoing investigation. So if it's ongoing and you got Rich Barrett facing five, 15, and 20-year uh, felonies, you got 
um, Nick Ryan's space and nine involuntary five-year um, felonies. They say even though these people might serve these things concurrently, meaning at the same time, maybe they will tell on each other in order to get less time. Yeah, now so that's I'm, sorry. Go beg ahead. your pardon. Go ahead. Well, that's the that's the air coming out of the attorney general's office. Because here's what I know: one, why didn't you come with more charges now? Because they're not cooperative. I see enough already. You can see enough already. You can see. Um, you can see the obstruction. You can yeah. see the uh, things like uh, um, you know he when he knew and when he didn't know as far as the misconduct. Some of the hard felony type charges on the surface with what we know factually phone calls between him and much more and Barrett and him. Yep. You can see on the surface that if he had been a black former governor, he'd be charged three, four, five times, just like Kwame. <laughs> well, let me go like this. Here's what I say. And I've been talking about this for a while. I don't like me to throw the race. No, it's a there. dude. We're having you on because you're you and you can say what you fucking want. No censoring. No bullshit here. news. No bullshit. You, that's what you feel. Here's no what, bullshit here's what I feel. I feel the game. It was a game. It was a game. <laughs> because besides Snyder getting two jaywalking tickets, and his right-hand man, right, getting the perjury. By the way, the perjury was from the other investigation. Another Patron. <laughs> yeah, you're That's four. <laughs> right? That's the same one. See, oh. people think you take shots. I sip on that. That one little shot, I just sip on it. I just, I just put on some ice and some grapefruit juice, bro. Hey. But not Flint ice, believe me. Okay. I don't really, I mean, I might have a drink every night and then contrary to popular belief. <laughs> okay, look. Spell it out for me. I'm kind of a little I'm slow with it. this. I'm it's too much to wrap my head around with Flint. Look, all the big deals here were already charged before when they dismissed them, right? Nick Lyon, Dr. Right. Eden Wells, right? The, the head of the health in this state. They were already charged with manslaughter. Same people. Yeah. Uh, 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 Croft. What's his first name, man? Um, Howard, Howard Croft. Howard Croft. He was charged with manslaughter. He's the head of public works at the time. He was charged with manslaughter. Now, now it's willful neglect. Two misdemeanors, it's, yeah. I like Howard. Howard did a good job, but Walling, the mayor, was over Howard. What, now, where's he, he? They kind of leapfrogged Mayor Walling. They went from um, Howard Croft to the two emergency managers, and they leapfrogged Walling. Now, I was standing there when they pushed the button, but, you know, I should not get charged in this because I didn't have a clue. Once I find out, found out what was going on, I was on the front line hollering. Let me lay this out for everybody. Real simple. What happened in Flint? I've been covering this thing for since 2016, way before the attorney general ever came on the scene. I got stuff. It's deep. I'm going to play you a tape. I'm going to play you a tape. Here's what happened in Flint. Flint is broke. Broke. Can't pay for police, can't pay for lights, not allowed to borrow. So what did Flint do? They, the emergency managers and everybody in Flint, not the city council, they had no power. Save me, this, spare me. They voted yes, they wanted to make the switch, but it didn't mean anything because the governor had taken power and put the emergency manager in. Flint's broke. Don't have any money. 
It goes like this. Oh, hey, look, we pay Detroit $18 million a year for water. If we get rid of Detroit, we can save $18 million. Oh, sounds good. Where are you going to get the money or the water? Hey, how about the Flint River? That's right there. Okay, what does Flint River cost for a year? $1 million. Look at that. We'll charge the same price and save $17 million. Then we can pave the roads, pay the police, put the streetlights on. Not only that. Hey, Charlie, they hadn't used that water treatment plant in years. And right it on. was all kind of indications that plant wasn't ready to properly treat no water. But anyway, go ahead. You're nicely done. Right. No, see, we're a nice team here. That's good. That plant had 1958 technology. Okay. Oh so here's what the plan was. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to invest in a new water system, the KWA, you all heard of it, mm -hmm. right? We're going to borrow some money, and we're going to be able to pay the interest on that. And we're going to fix up this I old... we were broke. How can we borrow if we were broke? Boom. Okay, and three, we're going to take the leftover money and fix the water plant so we can drink out of the river. The problem is you're already drinking out of the river before you fix the fucking water plant. Right, Eric? <laughs> that is correct. That's as simple and, as and, it is. And, and the way they got the bond for the new pipeline was they put in there a fraudulent emergency and um, bond investors figure they put in the help split fix an emergency. That's a bond deal. And guess what? Before you know it, it wasn't no emergency ain't been fixed to this day. Now, that's part of okay, the Okay, pause right there. See, that's good. I'm and they didn't do the prosecutions on that. Wow, um, now, see, now um, you're feeling my, my program here, brother. You already got that. Exactly the point, which is this. Frame it on the Patron. Now, how does Flint borrow money when they're not allowed to borrow money because they're broke? What did they do? They came up with an emergency, an environmental emergency, which allows you to go over your debt limit, sort of like a hurricane in Houston. Okay. Houston mm -hmm. can't borrow, but we're going to have to borrow because it's going to create an emergency. So that's how Makes they sense. did it. Mm -hmm. What was the emergency in Flint? It was a little circular pit that used to hold- They called it a lagoon. A lagoon. But there wasn't sludge in there. You know what was in there? Bricks, what? couches, refrigerators. Oh, it was a dump site. Oh, boy. And the state for many, many years, over two decades, had cleaned it up. Cost about 10 grand to clean it up. So they borrow, not 10 grand, they borrowed a hundred million dollars to clean it up. hundred million to clean up the emergency. It ain't been cleaned up it's yet. It still hadn't been cleaned up. That's a fraudulent bond deal. You got the money to do one thing under this pretense. Now, Todd Flood had them charges. Why is that some big one for us? Because the whole fight was over the control of water. No. Now with this fraudulent bond sale, we locked into a 30 million deal, a 30 year deal, a 30 year deal. And they then took the new asset, the new pipeline. And I'm howling out in the wilderness <laughs> with you, Charlie. Why have they not prosecuted the fraudulent bond sale? If you tell Let me do me, this. Let me do this, I'm, Eric. I'm getting a new car and I get there and it's a 20 year old car. That's a fraud. You got to do what you say you do. Exactly right. So what happened was they took the hundred million dollars. They issued an order. Then they borrowed the money and they allowed the money to be put into a new water system, right? And the reason they went to the Flint River was to pay the interest because it's going to take a couple of years to build it. Get it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is backwards, but yeah. Problem is, you haven't fixed the old water plant that Eric says. Here's what it's like. The old water plant 
is like me going to a junkyard. There's a car on blocks. And I'm like, you know what? Change the oil and let's drive to Vegas. <laughs> but it's still on blocks. I didn't, it got rusty gas in there. It's got flat tires. You know, it got no spark plugs. And next thing you know, I'm broke down in Peoria. So with these charges, Eric, you said no one was charged in regards to the bond. So who put that bond deal together and why hasn't that person well, been charged? They had been charged in this new group of lawyers under Nessa and, you know, um, Kim Worthy. Them, they dropped that with Todd Flood's prosecution and they didn't pick that up. So I want to make sure that people realize, and I don't know if it went to the one member grand jury. I'm understanding that the sitting judge was a one member grand jury and that's how they got these indictments and notice this them had used the preliminary exam procedure but regardless of that it's just like that shooting of the black guy in that town we don't know what they took before the grand jury i don't know what they presented before the grand jury is it related to snyder and why he got misdemeanor charge and others got felonies and i don't know if they presented the fraudulent bond sale no which was the taking no, of control of the water let's, deal so let's let's keep I it that, sir. Let's keep um, that simple, Eric. Simple. Eric, Eric, let's keep it simple for this so we don't lose what look, folks. Here's the document that says Flint may not go back to Detroit water. The reason it's in there is if you go back to Detroit water, you don't have any money to pay Wall Street. You can't go back to clean water. That's where the governor's a failure. It killed people, legionnaires. What you got yesterday was Officials in government not acting on something either they knew or should have known. What you didn't get. They knew. They knew. Um, of course. It was all kind of communications back and forth with the um, health department. Let me finish um, this. Let me finish this because this will piss you off. It's what you were saying. So that's good. Manslaughter. Good. But nothing yesterday touched. No charges. No characters in this. The thing that they did to create the death. The fraudulent contract, the fraudulent idea that the water plant was was able to service people. It killed people. Who put the deal in place? The racketeering, the conspiracy. Charlie, you hit the nail on the head. You took the words out of my mouth. If you had this many people gangsting around and making deals and covering up, that's exactly what they call it, racketeering. Now let's go like this. Who's one of the characters in this? Who's one of the characters? in it. Who's who? Listen, you were on the KWA. You were the the people's representative trying to straighten it out. Who was the bond attorney? Not only for Flint, but for Jeff. What's his name? It's uh, a guy named Mezzeron or something. Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave Masseron. Dave Masseron. I keep hearing the name Mezzeron. Y'all Detroit. I'm Lil Flint. Y'all know more about this stuff. Okay, so what's Dave Masseron doing now? <clears throat> Do you know Eric? Drum roll. Eric? Charlie, I don't know you. Answer no qu- you ain't going to ask no question you don't already know. I'm going to reverse <laughs> it on you. You tell me what this bond guy is doing. Are you sitting My down? Brian is the bond guy. Pour, you, an- pour another shot for yourself, Are you sitting Eric. down? Okay, yeah, wait. Hold up. This is another Patron. Yeah, you better swallow that. Get ready. Drum roll, please. I'm, I'm sitting down. Dave Masseron has just been hired by Governor Gretchen Whitmer to be the budget director of Michigan. Dave Masseron is now in charge of every fucking contract in the state. What? 
that method, Ryan, he connected, ain't he? Say that again, Charlie, slowly, because people are people are listening and they understand. But I just say it one more time. Dave Masseron is now what? Hey, Mark, do you have his? I have his bio up on the computer here. His state bio. Right. Here we go. And roll it, Mark. Here's Dave Masseron. From uh, Michigan.gov, Dave, uh, Director Masseron is responsible for coordinating all aspects of the state's $63 billion budget oversees a bunch of letter organizations. Prior to serving in the state budget office, uh, Director Masseron was the CFO for the city of Detroit, supervised all of the city's finance and uh, budget activities. Prior to that, was COO and senior counsel to Mayor Mike Duggan, where he's responsible for day-to-day operations, including ensuring the city's annual budgets reflected the mayor priorities. However, nothing about Miller Canfield in Flint. Nothing. Hey, Charlie, I want to say for the record, Maybe that's why Mazarin in the fraudulent bond sales is not being prosecuted. He connected. But my point is, I want to say this for the record. You might hear me laugh and joke about that Patron, but that's all it is, is a laugh and a joke. I'm serious about this business. You got a great show going here. I Look, I love you, man. Look, I, I know that people say what they want. Look, we are our characters. You were one of the most righteous upright guys who really did fight for the people. I know we have you on and you're getting bar fights and stuff, but that's my kind of guy, goddammit. Oh, no, they jumped on me. I wasn't a fight. That guy killed me. I couldn't wait till the bouncers got there. That's what happened to me at Patty's Day. Same shit. I didn't do nothing, (laughs) man. I got jumped. Yeah, that's what they all say. That's what they all say. But we got the right heart. And when, when the Legionnaires was going down and I was doing my first reports, I couldn't get anybody to return my call. So I met Eric. City Councilman Mays now. Councilman Mays. I prefer Councilman Mays. Councilman Mays, whose people are getting poisoned and dying, is calling up every health department from local to county to state and being put on hold and we're just filming the Muzak. It was outrageous. And we got nothing to make sure this doesn't happen again. This was crap. Look. Here we go. Charlie, wasn't you there when they brought the portable showers in when people were scared <laughs> to take showers? Wasn't you involved in that? We had portable showers, mobile showers in brought water. Point. Yeah, I brought a I brought a tractor trailer. Tractor trailer of fresh water. From Ann Arbor. And I was driving around the streets because the police were chasing me and I was chasing Trump in a water tanker. <laughs> Right. And I'm yelling out the window to Bullhorn. Come on, get a free shower down to City Hall. Right. It's from Ann Arbor. It's smart water. <laughs> okay. Who is this guy come in helping Flint? So now here we are today. I'll drink to that. Can I ask you guys a question? Because, um, Eric, you alluded to it earlier that someone, yes, you uh, phrased it as telling on. Is there someone who would flip state evidence who has been charged? Well, clearly, Rich Barrett, if you got Rich Barrett charged with a five-year felony, a 10-year felony, I mean, a five-year felony, a 15-year felony, and a 20-year felony, you know, if I was looking like I could be convicted for, say, if they serve concurrently 20 years and they say, Mays, we'll let you out in two, three years if you tell me whether or not Snyder was covering up and when he knew and whatever. I probably would be, I I don't want to say that I'm loyal to the governor, but once I went home to my wife, I ain't got a wife, but once I went home, (laughs) I would probably say, hell, two years versus 20, he knew. So it's people like that who could okay, roll up. Listen to this now. This is what I know. 
because I know. Because I was in on this before even Shooty's people I was investigating. So I got a lot of stuff in my library. It's well known to those of us that know inside that Snyder does, there's not one keystroke. He didn't use email. Even if Baird was to flip and say he did it, right? You don't have any evidence. That's why the one man grand jury, the judge, would not let the attorney general bring manslaughter charges. But make no mistake about it, the previous administration had a investigation and a flow chart and Snyder was a target and it was involuntary manslaughter plus the racketeering that disappeared. I'm going to play you something. This is exclusive. Karen, are they on social media listening? Tell yes, them, they are. Listen, They're responding accordingly. <laughs> listen to this, people. This is exclusive. You're not going to get this anywhere because I got a library. Mm -hmm. This is Howard Croft, the former director of public works in Flint, being questioned by an investigator as to why they were making the switch, what he knew, and was the water plant safe. Guys, listen, Howard talks in a little bit of bureaucratic go-around, but listen to the investigator put it clearly. So yeah. was there ever any numbers thrown out that you were aware of that, you know, kind of uh, stipulated as to what Flint could save by going to the river? Uh, it was discussed um, that the monetary amount that had been paid to Detroit Water Sewer Department the past two years was approximately $12.5 million. Essentially, that uh, payment, based on the usage, the traditional right. usage we've used, uh, minus an adjustment in um, cost to treat the water ourselves would essentially be uh, a savings that could be used in other areas. And what other areas would that be? Uh, those areas would be uh, the capitalization of the uh, upgrades due to the water plant, uh, in part, and also the beginning of the development of a capital improvement plan for the uh, infrastructure system. KWA. Okay. So you, when we discussed that, that earlier, to some extent that makes a little... that That's a little bit weird just because... By going to the river, you're going to save money, and then you'll make the improvements to the plant. The issue is the plant's got to be ready to do it. So did, did you think at that point that you know the plant was going to be up to code and ready to do it by April? And, and I think that was, uh, in my mind at that time, that was the question that was being posed with the uh, June 26, uh, 2013 resolution that authorized a feasibility study was um, to ask that question of the engineering firm and of the DEQ, you know, what does it take to be safe and can we be prepared at that point in time? Karen, did that make sense to you? Did you hear, did you hear yeah, what I heard? Yeah, exactly. It made sense and it ties together what you and the councilman were just talking about. But the, the, the reality is, is that it makes sense but none of it makes sense. And, and, and that's what people are saying. Like, how do these things continue to happen? Why do they continue to happen? It's how do you murder. have evidence? How do you have information? And people sweep it under the rug or disregard it. And at the end of the day, what does this do for the people in Flint who are still waiting for clean water, whose families have been impacted? What is it? What about them? We never forgot you, Flint. Never, Eric. Yeah. 
I think the problem they had with this whole thing, while they were saying nothing is wrong, we checking it out, we looking at it scientifically, the lack of corrosion control had brown and yellow water coming through the faucet. Now, let me say this. That's important. And hair loss. And so they couldn't convince people they wasn't covering something up. Do you know why? We know what they was covering up. Legionnaires, no corrosion control is like. Here's what here's what I know about corrosion control. Michael Moore got it wrong. See, things go out there and then they're in the public domain like the Flint City Council did this. That's not true. Or the fact that they didn't put corrosion control into the water. 100 bucks a day. We always heard In that. order to save 100 bucks a day, right? Uh, $3,000 a month. Flint was so cheap. That they have the proper equipment at the plant that's, to feed the corrosion control. That's and it. I think the answer is no. Remember this. Why in, not? Listen, in 1958, when they started putting that plant together, the equipment didn't have holes and pipes to put corrosion control in. They didn't use it in 1958. So now when you're going to use it in 2014, what do you want a guy to do? Stand over there with a bag of lime and pour it into the bucket. <laughs> the reason they didn't put it in is because they didn't fix the fucking plant before they started drinking the Poison River. Pretty simple. It's simple. Where's the charges? Where? Hey, Charlie, why do they want to give us $600 million to settle the civil suits for the damage that those bad decisions caused us where the lawyers might very well take 200 million. Right. We split 400 million among 90,000 residents. And then they got a thousand dollar cap on my category. They got a good little category for children and they got a good little category for legionnaires, but they want me to take a settlement in my category would be about I get a check for about five hundred and thirty six dollars, but they got a thousand dollar cap on it. Wouldn't I be better off saying What's your category, um, Councilman? The three percent. What's your category? They, they got a three my category okay, okay. would be the three percent category for okay, adults yeah. Yeah. who can show that they own property or had a water bill account at least thirty days. So let's go look, look, in the weeds here, in the weeds, a maximum, what would you receive from that settlement? You they got a thousand dollar thousand dollars. There you go, Eric. And I remember your testicles were as dry as a leather bag. That's what you said. We had hey, a drink. don't be talking under my clothes. <laughs> the things they did to your scrotum. The things they did to his scrotum. It's not funny. Hey, see, that's why I don't come on this show. Oh, wow. I don't mind talking about these issues, but I'm a councilman. Don't be talking under my clothes. It's important to say here that before, listen, and this, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, yeah, good seeing you, Charlie. You two, wait, listen, you really hang with us, though. You, you helped us. People don't know we laughing and joking, but you really helped me um, during the water crisis. You was with a big, and you still big time. And I'm saying, I want people to know, no matter how me and Charlie laugh and talk, y'all don't know how we know each other. This is a serious business. You're not Thank kidding. you for helping us at the right time, Charlie. And I'm going to stick with you. They can't break us up. My brother. Now, remember, like before candidate Nestle, before she was even the Democratic nominee for attorney general, before she saw one page of evidence, said she was going to end this investigation. Right. Claimed that they were skimming money and all that nonsense. Everything she did yesterday is based off of that investigation. And you should know another piece of news. 
When candidate Nessa was saying that, a couple of these people charged yesterday were cooperating. They shut up when they found out it's going to freeze. They seriously considered charging candidate Nessel with obstruction of justice. That is fact. Wow. Now, <laughs> before she dismissed and they brought charges against Mr. Croft, he was charged back then with involuntary manslaughter and conspiracy. Today, he's charged with two counts of willful neglect, each a one-year misdemeanor and a $1,000 fine. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying, come on, man, yeah, you do something with the governor, but don't lose track. The governor didn't put this together. Mm -hmm. He's asleep at the wheel. He's running for president. He's running for re-election. He's in court over Detroit in the bankruptcy and the emergency manager law. He didn't have the guts to go back to Detroit and say, hey, the emergency manager failed in Flint. He didn't but have Charlie, legal authority. It's in here. Hey, Charlie, but check, you ain't thinking right, man. Listen to this. Maybe because Governor Snyder, a known Republican, endorsed Biden and Biden won, maybe that's part of the deal. Hmm. Mm -hmm. He did. They did. The Democrats is in power. You never know what's going on, man. So you don't know what happened. But I noticed that he endorsed the Democrats in the middle of these decisions. Maybe he he get a reward for for that. The government's ineffective. Not all people in government are. You're not. You know, even we we see you on the news, and I know your heart's in the right place. And coming next. Well, maybe they'll, they'll tell on him. Maybe he'll get additional charges. I don't like to see people getting charged. I don't like to go to jail or the penitentiary. I think they should free Kwame, but I'm just talking out nah, loud. Nah, don't, don't free Kwame, but if you did show. what Kwame did, you do the time Kwame's getting. Yep. That's what I thought the deal was. You got it. Where's the goddamn charge? What do you mean you get to run the budget for the state of Michigan? That's insane. It's insane. See, you got me fired up. I'm ready to use the Martin Luther King holiday. I want equal and civil rights. Make sure you tell everybody in Flint what you heard here today. Make sure you tell them that. We want some justice. This is, so I'm going to say goodbye, Eric. Have a great holiday weekend. Mark Hackle, the Macomb County Executive, is coming up next to let you Love know. Love you. Can I say God bless the citizens of the city of Flint and the great state of Michigan? Remember Proverbs 3rd, chapter 5th and 6th verse, trust in God. But guess what? Lean not to their own understanding. The paraphrase, y'all have a good day. And one more. Give, give us the no bullshit news. I can't cuss. I just quoted a script. <laughs> God bless. City Councilman Eric Mays. He's he's great. He's sharp, man. He's on top of the, it. The guy knows numbers. I'm telling you, he knows. Okay, listen. Well, before we bring in Executive uh, Hackle, I tell you what Flint should have done when they got in a mess. When they got in a mess, and they got caught up with a ineffective. Uh, Water treatment plant that can't treat water. They were they, stuck in a contract. They couldn't get their processes and budgets mm -hmm. and their IT and everything. They should have called ADR. <laughs> what a segue. ADR, well, it's true. I know, you're right. Because that's exactly what ADR does. does. Yeah. That's exactly what they do. They didn't have somebody like ADR. So if you're big or small, Flint's huge, big or small, your small company, your big company, your municipality, you call ADR consultants who've overseen more than $250 million in private and public projects since 2001. That's our good friend, Barry Ellentuck, honest, ethical, smart. Call him at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Thanks for your support, Mr. Ellentuck. Now I'm very happy. 
to have Mark Hackle, the Macomb County Executive with us. How are you, brother? Good. How are you doing, Charlie? Uh, I, I, as you were listening to that? I'm not doing well. I, I did hear some of that. I did hear some of that. Is so, that crazy? And, and, yes, it is. And, and real quick, because I haven't seen Karen in a while, I just want to say hello, Karen. And, uh, Mark, how are you doing? So, I'm good, thank you. Good nice, to see you nice again. To, nice to see you as well. I'm always supporting you from the, from the sidelines. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. I support. A lot. I support good government, and you know what? The government that you oversee—not not, not the scumbags that were taking bribes and stuff. Your government, there's never a scandal. There's not impropriety. There's, there's none of this nonsense. I love a public servant that serves the public. I dedicated my book to you. People yeah, like well, you. Yeah, we, well, we, we've we've had our challenges. I mean, obviously, the issue with our prosecutor's office and uh, even our public works uh, commissioners. So there were some challenges there. But the thing of it is, uh, Charlie, I, I, as you mentioned, that's what people hired me for is not just to do my job, but also to recognize that there's other things going on that shouldn't be going on, uh, not to be part of that process and to uh, to bring it forward. And I think it's that law enforcement background. Uh, if you're doing something wrong, you need to be you know accountable to that. And unfortunately, we have had some issues here in Macomb County we've had to address, but they're being addressed. Um, yes, they are. And I, and I know like, well, I don't, you're the guy actually calling, Hey man, this guy's, this guy's stealing the, uh, the forfeiture money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's like, Hey, I'm pointing stuff out. I'm, I'm, I'm the man here. I'm running this because the people put the trust in me. So now, sir, nonpartisan, don't no no bullshit news hour. What's going on with the vaccines? Where are the COVID vaccines? And again, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if anybody's able to answer. There's a lot of finger pointing going on. And I guess it depends on what party you're from as to you know what you want to believe. Uh, but here's the reality. Here in Macomb County, uh, we get an allotment from the state. No different than what we get anytime there is some type of a flu or, you know, I guess a pandemic or concern that might be out there. Um, we know how to deal with the process. Logistics, we can handle anything from registering and I guess uh, giving people appointments uh, to getting the vaccine out there at various facilities. We can handle all of that. Uh, the question becomes, how much are we going to get to administer and it's been very minimal and uh, when this first rolled out i think the state was on message and so was everyone else around the state the first round of this was to go to those that were healthcare workers and uh, licensed dmts and we got a very minimal allotment for that a thousand vaccines but we were able to manage it uh, because there wasn't this uh, great pause, demand pa- please, wait, wait, please wait, pause wait, wait, please pause wait, 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 sir wait. please pause pause yeah. you got how you how got many? how much a thousand. We were only getting a thousand at a, a time. A thousand. Okay, hold on. How yeah. many? How many people live in Macomb County? Yeah, there's approximately eight hundred eighty thousand, eight hundred ninety thousand, depending on the the numbers from the census this time around. So we got okay. about eight hundred ninety thousand people. So Michigan, according to the the data, and we can't do data in this state, has received about. I'm going to round off for number about nine hundred thousand doses, and as I calculate, we've inoculated about three four hundred thousand people. We've got. Only one third of the shots in people's arms. Where, where are the doses? You yeah, don't I have don't them. Know that. You I don't know, know that. We're not getting an answer. Yeah, I, I'm not in charge of you know uh, disseminating the actual uh, number of doses that come to the state. So I can only rely upon what we get, and that's been the difficulty, Charlie. Is that people have this uh, assumption uh, that we have a lot, and I did something. It was kind of in somewhat of a dramatic style. We opened up the freezers that we had one of them and showed it because it's essentially become you know kind of a prop for us. We have five freezers. And I'm only using two shelves in one freezer right now. So, again, the idea is, you know what, if you're going to go ahead and uh, open it up to larger categories of people and increase the demand, you've got to have the supply available. And for some reason, that just wasn't the case. And so now people are very upset thinking that health departments around the state are the ones that are holding this back or not uh, 
wanting to do, what's being asked of them, and that's, uh, you know, uh, give vaccines to people in the various categories that have been described now. So, again, it's an incredible challenge, and I think the state kind of got ahead of the messaging. It was laudable that they wanted to give all these people vaccines or at least open it to them, but you can't make a promise as far as, you know, uh, you know, opening it up for demand when you don't have the supply, and that's been the challenge. And, you know, we're not sure where the, where the bottleneck is. Is it the state? Is the feds not giving it out? Does Pfizer, the ones that we get, um, are they just not making enough? So that has become the, the big question, but we need the public to understand uh, health departments will give out what they get. And unfortunately, they're getting very limited supply right now for the incredible demand that they're seeing. And to that point, and to the finger pointing, um, you know, the state and the governor's office says, hey, we've got them out there. We don't know why they're not getting into arms. And then you have private industry, the Myers, the CVS is saying, we can do them. Where are they? And the health department saying, we don't know anything about moving on to 65 and older. Who's to blame for the lack of communication, in your opinion? Well, I think, I think everyone, without question, was on the same page uh, when we had that first round, and it was just for emergency uh, healthcare workers as well as those that are EMTs that are licensed. Everybody was on board. We understood it. We understand the limited supply, and I think everybody got that. Even the public that wasn't a part of that group uh, understood it. But as we started to, out of, yeah, I'm just going to say it, out of nowhere, there was a press conference, and uh, with that press conference, an indication that we're now going to open it up to not just 65 and older, which should have been the next group targeted. Uh, we also opened it up to firefighters, teachers, uh, police officers, corrections officers, and a few other categories, which just really inflated. Everybody the was calling and you were like, you weren't even oh, notified man. of it, right? What? Well, like, yeah. And by the way, we keep dancing around that we're, mis- we're using pronouns. You mean the governor. Governor Whitmer held a press conference. Governor Whitmer was getting smeared up in the press that she doesn't like. So she comes up with a Press conference, but nothing's in and place. It, and, and it was the challenge. I mean, because we were getting inundated. You're absolutely right. I mean, before the press conference was over, our phones were ringing off the hook because people thought that all of a sudden there was this supply available. And, and, I, and I remind you, there wasn't, you, we don't have the urgent cares open like we suppo- were supposed to. The pharmacies were given some to go out into the community and talk to these long-term care facilities and work out agreements. But normally pharmacies are open so that you can schedule appointments there as well, and even doctor's offices. So those aren't available. So the only people right now that are available to go ahead and be an access point for people are, are health departments. And uh, the hospitals are not open for people to come to, but dealing with their own clientele. So there's a very limited access point. And uh, people started calling us and saying, where is it? And how come you're not uh, scheduling me an appointment? And it was overload. And so I had to get ahead of the messaging and saying, hang on a second, something's wrong here. And then obviously shortly thereafter, you're hearing the state now saying, we're going to be requesting more from the federal government (laughs) or bypassing them to buy more. Well, if you knew there wasn't enough, why would you open it up for such a large demand? And that's, that's kind of where we had to get the messaging back on track. So that people understood, wait a minute, somebody did get ahead of the messaging. Uh, There was this increasing the demand before we had the supply. And uh, with that, you know, you get challenged because, you know, you're, 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 you're supposed to be part of a particular party and not call those things out as they are. And unfortunate reality is, that's the facts. And, uh, you know, people are starting to realize that now. Here's that what I know. It wasn't a supply. Here's I was doing data. Here's, here's what I know. I, I don't have it because I, my phone crapped out. I got a new phone that sort of the day is out. But Oakland County got about 80,000 doses, about 40,000 are accounted for in people's arms. Macomb got about 35 and about 28,000. So they did far and away the best. Uh, forget Wayne County. Detroit got 45,000 as its own thing. 
and only 5,000 people got shot. So I don't know why the mayor is doing press conferences and why the media in this freaking state sits there and writes it down and don't ask any questions and don't prepare themselves before they're there. This, Mark, brother, is outrageous. The economy's collapsed. Our old people are dead. They don't have the shots in the nursing homes yet. We didn't do anything to fix those. And now we're getting data. Here's data. Last Saturday, 220 people died of COVID, except 207 of them were already dead. That was a vital record surge. Stuff from the spring. Tuesday, 100 people died. 50 vital records surge. Yesterday, uh, 137 deaths, but 107 of them from vital record surges. So I want to know, sir, excuse my language, what the fuck is going on from Washington to Lansing to the mayor's office? You see why we're all upset out here in America? Yeah, I, I, I tend to believe right now there's no question about it. The lack of public trust because of this partisan bickering and the finger pointing and, you know, people trying to figure out how do they make it look as though they're the ones that are, you know, making it happen and they're saving lives because of their actions and what they're doing. And uh, anyone who's still dying or catching this is because of, you know, lack of support from somewhere else. Uh, people are tired of it. And they don't want to hear it no more. They're really frustrated and just don't know who to believe anymore. And politicians are probably the people that are, you know, less, uh, uh, I guess, available for the public to say, you know what, we trust what they're saying. And so, you know, even with that mindset, people are asking me, you know, should I take this uh, vaccine? And I keep referring them to, you know, the healthcare professionals, their own doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what went into this. And if I, if I did, I could probably speak more intelligently to the facts, but just because I'd be repeating what somebody else is telling me shouldn't cause for somebody to say that I guess I'm going to go ahead and get this shot. I don't know somebody's underlying health concerns. You know, there's good stories, there's positive uh, information about it, but people need to find out who it is they trust, not just a politician, as to whether or not they're going to go ahead and take this vaccine. And uh, I hear good things from my health department, but even myself personally, I will rely upon my doctors uh, to make a determination as to whether or not I want to do this, not because some other politician uh, was, you know, shown uh, there's a picture of them getting a shot in their arm. Right. Um, you know, that, that's the last thing somebody should be doing. They should be listening to their doctors and uh, their family members to make that determination. It's funny you say that because our court, you want to go ahead, Karen. I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to, I just wanted to ask Mark, just a thumbnail in terms of your perception of the reopening strategy or lack thereof for the state of Michigan, given the hiccups in the distribution of the vaccine, um, the inconsistency in the information that we're receiving, and then the kind of haphazard staggered opening or reopening that we're seeing. It's kind of confusing. What's your take? Yeah, Karen, that's a great question from the earlier concerns I had uh, early on, because I, I, I liken it to back when I was a sheriff. I, um, I hate to digress on this, but I have to. When when I was a sheriff, that was when 911 hit. And I was uh, I was just a new sheriff at the time, but been with the department 20 years. So they came out with this color coding system, this national alert system. And it was a color coded system. And it was a five stage color code. We're in, we're, in, we're in code green. We're in code yellow. We're in code orange. We're in code red. Nobody knew what that meant. Yeah. The minute they came out with it, it was so confusing for the public. And it was just a, it just means you need to be vigilant. You need to be more vigilant. And now you got to be super vigilant. It was, I called it Operation Crayola at the time, even when I was a sheriff. And in fact, the news media reported that I said that. It's because it was, it was not information that the public could consume and understand what to do to keep myself safe. So with that, even us in law enforcement didn't know. So what happened during this pandemic early on? They came out with a color-coded chart, and it was a phased chart that talked about when we were going to open, when we were going to close. And early on, right around April or May, they were allowing restaurants at the time, and bars were open. But yet they were in phase five. Phase five, mm -hmm. they can only be open if we were in phase five. But yet at that time, 
we were in phase three. And so you had other businesses saying, wait a minute, how come they're closing me down and the restaurants are still open and we haven't reached phase five yet? So I had to ask that question on behalf of the other businesses here in Macomb County and uh, say, hang on a second. It's not mirroring what you're telling us. The statistics data don't match that. So I ask you today, what color code are we in? What number are we in? Nobody knows because they've already abandoned that chart. And so, but I got in trouble for asking those questions back then. When I say Ooh. in trouble, yeah, there wasn't a lot of conversation anymore thereafter. So with that being wait, said, wait, 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 right wait, now, you got in trouble with whom? You got some phone calls from the party, I'm thinking. Well, the, the chatter, they don't, they, I don't, I don't get that direct. I'm fortunate. Uh, you know, I think people understand, you know, I'm independent. I'm here to try to figure out how do we resolve an issue? I think it goes back to law enforcement. Did you get background. phone calls I'm saying fall in line, Democrat? Did you get phone calls? I didn't get that call, but I had some folks on my staff that got calls. And, uh, you know, you get the other people sending, you know, social media emails and, you know, the phone calls, they light you up and all that. I get that. Those are distractions of what I call them. But the reality is I didn't get an answer. And so with that, uh, you know, I continue to try to figure out how do you solve that. And you're not going to get it through frequently asked questions, uh, you know, section on a website. Because uh, some of them are pretty pretty interesting questions that need to be answered by businesses and through myself if they're not getting support. So, it, it's been a challenging time. And even right now, Karen, to answer your question, you know, I don't know what it is that we're really truly looking at to help make a decision as to when do we open these restaurants or the bars. And most of them want to be part of the solution. Most every business doesn't want to see their employees get harmed, themselves get harmed, or certainly not their patrons. And let me so remind, let me remind you, firms. again, the, the COVID's for real. Okay, I'm not, I'm not messing with you. It's for real. Absolutely. But, but yep. again, these death numbers, the real numbers are at the valley like during the summer and they're making them like Saturday. The 220 deaths is the fourth highest count. Let's get smart. Now, let me quickly, if you want to hang out and listen to this one, our intrepid reporter, comedian Detroit Red, takes it to the street to see if people will in fact take the shot, if they can even find it. Not that, you know, there's much choice because you can't find it, <laughs> exactly. but let's roll red. What up, though? It's your boy, Comedian Detroit Red, here with No BS News with Charlie LaDuff. And today, we're going to ask people if they're going to take the vaccine or not. And see, depending on what the answer is, if we can change their mind one way or another. Are, are you going to take the vaccine, Miss Mary, now that it's uh, available? No. And uh, I'm going to ask you, why, why you don't want to take the vaccine? Uh, number one, because I'm a naturalist. I don't take uh, synthetic, synthetic medicine, number one. And uh, I don't seem to have no problems wrong with it. So let me ask you this. If I told you that um, I just read a medical journal from Wakanda, they just released a medical journal that said 50% of the women that took the vaccine got 10 years younger. Would you take it then? Huh? Would you give me a, 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 can I get a boyfriend to go with me? <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, reach out to them and find out if uh, we can make that happen. If so, would you take it then? Uh, we can work it then. Would you take the vaccine? I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. And uh, why is that? Um, Because I know a few people that's done, they said drop dead. So I'm going to say... No. 
Okay, so what if I told you the Gotham Medical Journal just released a report saying that 50% of the women that take the vaccine now had the potential to grow Rapunzel hair, long hair. I mean, natural hair. You could keep cutting it and selling it. Would you take the vaccine then? No. <laughs> so, so, you know how much Remy hair go for now? It's $300 a bundle. I heard. So, you could probably get four or $500 a bundle for your hair, and you wouldn't go in and make that money. I'm too scared of dropping dead. I might drop dead, too. So, I don't know. That's a tosser. Nah, I'd rather live. And I'm here with Detroit's own comedian, Bill Hill. Bill, uh, tell him, are you uh, going to take the vaccine? Man, I ain't taking no goddamn vaccine. They ain't even tested the damn vaccine on the animals yet. How the fuck am I going to take a vaccine and they ain't even tested the goddamn animals first? So it's a no for you because you said they, they ain't even tested them on the monkeys or the, the, the rats or none of that. No, no ain't nobody getting tested on shit, man. Fuck that vaccine. I ain't taking that bullshit, man. Fuck that shit. So listen, I just uh, heard a report, a medical report from Metropolis Medical Report that say that if you do, 50% of the men that do take the vaccine, penis grows 75% bigger. Would that change your mind? Fuck no, I don't need my dick to get no bigger than what it is, goddammit. Fuck that shit. I'm not taking no vaccine. I'm gonna fuck my dick and became 100 feet longer. I don't need that shit. Fuck that shit. I ain't taking that. Fuck the hell no. Fuck that shit. So there you have it. Uh, comedian Bill Hill is a no. And the reason why legitimately is because he ain't even seen it tested on animals. They they even do test makeup yeah, on animals. And uh, after hearing the Metropolis medical report that says that 50% of the men could get a bigger penis <laughs> if they take the vaccine, he still said no because, quote, unquote, he don't need his dick to get no bigger. <laughs> hey, this your boy, Comedian Detroit Red. No BS News Hour, Charlie the Duff. Deuces. Well, there you have it, Mark. People don't want the vaccine. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be part of our marketing strategy. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll hold off on Red. It's very entertaining, but uh, Red, Red, I actually, I, I actually, I actually enjoyed the 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 lady that he first had about the uh, you know, the boyfriend, the, the fact boyfriend. That, that forget the ten years. I just want a boyfriend. She wants a boyfriend, Mark. Yeah, before, that, was, that, was be, that was cute. Before you depart, I have to ask because I've heard quiet, confidential conversations, and tons of people on our social media are asking. You may not want to disclose. But is a gubernatorial bid on your agenda for 2022? You know, Karen, that's a great question. Uh, people always ask me, you know, if I'm planning on running for something. I was telling them I'm running for my life. Uh, the reality <laughs> is I adored being the sheriff, and I actually miss it uh, immensely. Uh, being the county executive, there was a reason why I ran, and it had to deal with more of the putting aside partisan issues here in this county, and I've been able to do that. So with that being said, that's not my interest. I never look at where I'm going. Uh, boy, if I had brothers, I'd still go back to being the sheriff. But th that becomes... The reason I say it's a great question is because right now I get the other side of it where people are saying, oh, you're only challenging these things with the governor right now because you want to run for governor. That has nothing to do with it. My mindset isn't isn't into running for governor. I got a job to do and I'm trying to figure out how do we deal with this pandemic in a logical way, specifically with our emergency management and our health department. And there's questions to be asked. But unfortunately, sometimes when you ask those, I guess, uh, logical questions, 
you get sometimes the political answers and people tend to want to know, are you running for some office? Is that why you're challenging? So no, I'm not. And I'm not looking to do anything more than what I'm doing. Um, but again, somewhere in the future, who knows, you know, what opportunities come about, uh, but I'll deal with that at that time. But no, that's, that's not in my mindset right now, Karen. I'm not looking to run for governor. All right. Thanks, Mark. Fabulous work, Karen. Wow. This is, that was actually like real important and serious. Nicely done. It is serious, Charlie. It, it is. Totally. As, wait a minute. As, as we continue to talk about failed leadership and elected officials versus public servants, when people see qualities in somebody, they want to know, are you going to transfer those qualities into a role that will impact an, in, you know more people? That's an appropriate question. So no, it's, no, I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm for real because Karen and I are, are dear friends and we'll have talks during the week. She goes, what's my role? What do you think? I mean, and I'm like, <laughs> that is your role. It's the, the, the steady spine, the influence on this show, the smartness. Because those were, that. would you think of the rollout? Are you running for government? And we got good answers. Excellent. You're good at this. And, and, and if I could add to that conversation, I just got to tell you, I, I, I first met Karen when she was working with Dave. And I got to tell you, immediately there was that, uh, that connectivity. And you talk about somebody that truly understood, you know, how to manage, uh, you know, people in an organization. Uh, even even that time I had, that short time with, uh, with Dave Bing, I was truly impressed because it was the first time I really became a politician, I guess, if you will, elected as a county executive. So, you know, that that, uh, that connectivity I've had uh, with, with you uh, has not gone away, even though I don't see you that often. So, Well, thank you, sir. I feel the same. I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you. Woman has her act together. Thank you, uh, uh, Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle. Good luck. and uh, Thanks, guys. Keep on it. Keep doing Thanks. the people's yeah, tell, work. Tell, tell Red I said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Red? Listen, uh, I want to uh, thank our sponsor, Hall Financial, for being a great supporter of all the shows on the Red Shovel Network here. You know we have we have four of them. Uh, I want to remind you that rates are currently in the twos, so call today and find out how much a refi could save you every month. Come on. You know it. You know it. You know the spring's coming. You got to get your financial house in order, so take a look at your house. Pretty simple thing to do. Just click the link on the website to get started, davidhallmortgage.com, or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Make sure you tell them we sent you here from the No Bullshit News Hour. Okay? Do got it. That? Got that, everybody? Now, there he is. Look at that guy. What's going on? How are you, brother? I'm doing all right. How you been? Uh, good. With Chocolate City. Uh, Wes Lowry, one of, one of the most fantastic, and I rarely use the word, but journalist. I'm going to call you a reporter because the guy, he's got a brain. He knows how to research. <laughs> he's on the streets. He's got whiskers. Does he, the leg work? He's, his pen is sharp. Yeah. His mind is sharper. He's one of the best. Pulitzer Prize winner. Now working at CBS, he was going to do 60 Minutes Quibby, but that took his shit. But hey, that ain't your fault. No, hey, 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 look, paycheck's still cashing. So <laughs> <laughs> Told you he was wage sharp. <laughs> so, no. so you're in we, D.C., we got, right? What was that? Yeah, yeah so, so I'm still doing, still doing some stuff with CBS. Uh, you know, post-Quibby world, we still got something up our sleeve. And so announcement coming soon on the CBS stuff. Uh, but writing for GQ, doing some editing at the Marshall Project, um, kind of a little bit everywhere. Dude, uh, you know, and they'd, have you, they'd have you teach at Harvard if, if you wanted to. I know that. Yeah, you know, see, I'm not like a Harvard guy. Though. You know, like it's not a, I don't know, I, I went to state school. You know, it's just, it's not a, you know, t I, I talk to college campuses all the time. I, I feel like every week I'm on a Zoom with students and whatnot. I mean, I, I like that a lot. But, 
it's really funny when I do like the Ivy Leagues. They're asking me questions. I'm like, I don't even know what these words mean. Like, <laughs> you could I, give it character, Wes. You could give it some character. You know, <laughs> kind of help with their brand. <laughs> uh, uh, it's true. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be the savior for all that. But I, we'll I, see. We'll I see. once gave a, a a talk at Harvard. Like the what is that? The Neiman. Demon. Foundation, yeah. yeah. So it's all the big muckety mucks, all the publishers. <laughs> and my thing, they wanted me to talk about writing about race and class in an election year. Never forget it. And so I go up there, I go right from the bar. I'm talking with Rick Burns, remember, you know, the, the documentary maker. I bring my beer up, I put it on the on the podium, and I say I, I prepared some notes, and I take out a toilet paper roll, <laughs> and I roll it down the ledger, and it goes perfectly right down the middle of the aisle. No laughs, nothing. And then but you I got their attention. And then I said, okay, uh, race and class in America in, a, in election year. I go, who cares? They don't read the paper. No laughs, <laughs> no laughs. And then I said this. Okay, in all seriousness, because, you know, the eggheads like this. They like trivia. They like Alex Trebek. I said, who can tell me the federal minimum wage? And they all love that one. So then now they're, but nobody knew it. Mm -hmm. And I said, the problem in journalism today is you don't know the people. And that's why, in the end, they don't like you. You don't reflect them. <laughs> you agree with that? Of course. And it, it, it cuts in a lot of different directions, right? We have this conversation a lot in the context of, or we have it very often, frequently, in the context of, like, the Trump voter, you know, the white working class, the people who are disaffected. And, and look, I think that's true, right? I think there are a lot of people out there who don't see their experiences reflected in the media coverage, right? Whether that's because they're more religious than the people making the media, whether it's because they live more blue collar lifestyles. Um, but look, as a black person, we've known this forever, right? That, that the mainstream media uh, was never necessarily for and by black communities. It was never necessarily understanding of those experiences or advocating on behalf of those communities, right? That's not to say there have not been exceptions and are not exceptions currently, but we have all types of communities across the United States who see coverage and conversation and the priorities of, of, of some of these outlets, as well as the priorities of the people they cover. And they go, that's not about me. That's, that's not my thing. And, and, they, and they tune out. And I, and I can't, in a lot of cases, can't blame folks for doing that. I think it falls on us to try to fix that. Um, and I think it's important that we fix it. But this media distrust isn't new. Right? True, like, true. You, you know, pick your, pick your black community in the United States of America. Go back 50, 60 years. Walk the streets and ask what they thought of the local newspaper. True. And, you know, you never see anything about Latino people. Correct. Their lifestyle, white working people, you know, when you do see lifestyle, it is the fashion page. It is yeah. the books we read. But uh, that's just missing. So let me let me let me tell people who you are. You're the guy we re we worked together at the Detroit News 2010. And we reconnected in Ferguson. Right. And you were there and you were the dude that got arrested because you're in you're in McDonald's trying to file a story and they didn't like you filing a story and you got arrested. What comes out of that, Wes, is you get the bright idea. Why don't we start keeping track of police killings? Well, the number of people that police kill. And it wasn't an attempt to pillory the police. It was to get a focus and a real number. Mm -hmm. You it was amazing. You won the Pulitzer Prize for it. And you are one of few people who've actually moved society instead of just talking about it. Now, having said that, 
You're in Washington right now. The inauguration's coming. What is the difference? What did you make between the baboons who had attacked the Capitol building, the Trumpy guys, but I, don't, I just think they're nuts, and uh, I don't even want to call them Black Lives Matter, but, you know, the, sure. the, the, the race and police protests in, in Chicago, right. looting and stuff. Is there, give me your perspective. Look, so, so, so I think two things can be true at the same time, mm -hmm. right? The first is that both things, there are obvious expressions of violence in both cases, right? And I think a lot of people are seizing on that, right? That over the last summer, there was violence in Minneapolis or in Chicago or Atlanta or, or wherever. And now there's violence in DC and people say, Look, isn't this similar? Isn't this? I do th so, and I think that's true. It's object that that part is objectively true. Interesting. There is something to be said, though, contextually. Like once we go beneath beneath the first layer, but we get to the second layer, and we contextualize in history, and we contextualize what the message was being sent, right? And what we see in most of these uh, riots and unrest that break out following. Uh, protest of policing, right? Is that these are typically, and Charlie, you and I have been out there together in, in Ferguson getting tear gassed and uh, one night some some white, you know, before they were Antifa, it was called Black Block. The white kid was like threatening us with a knife. And so we, we've been out there and we've done this, right? I remember that guy, man. You're a snitch, man. <laughs> it's like, go home. You're going to get eaten alive, motherfucker. Go home to your daddy. <laughs> You know, Charlie, Charlie's out here like swinging a traffic cone at him. It was, it was a mess. It was, but the, um, but I don't, in a lot of those cases, in fact, most of those cases, right. There's a, a, a level of organicness to the anger, right. You have people who are so upset that, you, you know, look in Ferguson, you know, we both been there. Canfield drive cuts through this, this housing complex. Uh, Michael Brown, no matter what you believe actually happened in the shooting, is dead in the street, sitting out there for a bunch of hours, got all these people coming out, looking out their window and going, why is there a dead teenager in the street? The cops are saying, we won't tell you anything. And people got angry. And they expressed that anger by taking it out on the gas station up the street or smashing a liquor store. And again, that's not me to suggest that all of this is, were these like calculated political decisions, but there was something about kind of the organic in the moment. What we see in, what we see in D.C., Right. Well, there was nothing organic about this. This was something that was planned. They had printed T-shirts. Uh, you had elected officials, not just, you know, saying, well, I understand why people would be mad, but literally saying, come out on this day, be here. Let's have trial by combat, I think Giuliani said. Right. And and these folks didn't just attack the store next to them. You know, they stormed the Capitol building at the very moment that the election was being certified. And the thing they were mad about was that their guy had lost or they didn't believe he'd lost. And so there was a level of political calculus that was a little bit different, right? If you look at the riots in, in Minneapolis, wherever, they're un unquestionably riots. They're dangerous. They're violent. They're bad. Like I'm willing to say that. But they're not terrorism, right? They're not these like specific, deliberate actions. Point taken. Point political outcome. But I say this. But is that fair? I mean, uh, just to counter that, I mean, is it fair? Maybe some police were being terrorized uh, when the police building in Minneapolis was on fire or sure. Seattle in the chop uh, zone or whatever it's called now. Yeah. Well, and, and they certainly, they were certainly being terrorized. 
victimized, right? There are certainly people who were victimized, who were scared, who were worried, who didn't know it was good, who were imperiled, right? Were put in harm's way. I, I think for me, and, 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 and there's space to push and pull on this. I think for me, one of the key distinctions is if, is if in Minneapolis, they printed up t-shirts and said on Saturday, we're going to burn down the police station. And then the four most left-leaning people in Minneapolis were tweeting out the link to it and saying, you need to be there. And I think that would be much closer to what we actually saw happen. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you know, like a Gucci store is not the capital. That's all of our, that's all of our symbol. Gucci store is some mindless bullshit and fuck you. By the way, all of you, we're all angry. Almost all of us. Right. And it's legitimate. It's legit. Your economic well-being, fairness in this society, your access to a better life, clean water in Flint. We are angry and most of the problems are created by government. Easily. The Flint shit was government. Police are government. The vaccine. The vaccine rollout's government. Is that correct? Yes. But what you do when you go nuts like that and you owe us an apology, all of you, is you diminish what we're trying to accomplish and say. Now you're a thug. Black Lives Matter. You're a thug. MAGA, you're a thug. Control yourself, right? Well, there's a better way because if we keep doing this, this is what we're going to get, which is nothing. What's D.C. look like? You're in Chocolate City right now. Chocolate City. So, we're we're so, Chocolate so I, City. You know, so, so, so Wait, I, who's Chocolate City? Oh, I mean, the District of Columbia. Detroit's Chocolate City. I thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought D.C. stood for dark country, wasn't it? Once upon a time, it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> it, they, they, they did. The, um, you know, so DC is really interesting. I, I, Charlie, Charlie called me maybe last week and uh, was like, hey, you know, can you come on the podcast? Let's talk how you do. And it was right after the insurrection. And first of all, I was like, how are you? What's going on? What's are you safe? What's up? You know, uh, and and I told him, like, I've been telling everyone. I tell my parents and, and my friends who are calling and texting me because all they know is I live in DC and parts of DC are crazy. And I always tell them, I go, look, I live in black DC. <laughs> the proud boys aren't coming over here. It isn't like you know it's, it's not that's that's not to say that there's not you know look when part of your city is besieged this way you're scared you're worried you're thinking about how you might know someone who's walking through this who might be down there but like i said i my house is going to be fine because my, my neighbors aren't letting anything happen they're, they're sitting outside on the porch at this very moment listening to go-go with the dogs and the we're fine but what i'll say about dc it's really interesting right and it underscores how it's two cities, right? You've got the capital, you've got Washington, all the monuments and all stuff. And then you've got this basically black city that surrounds it, right? Washington, downtown, is, you know, set up like a war zone right now. It's all National Guard and fences and streets shut down and boarded up buildings. And, because people are very concerned. You have to remember, mm. this wasn't the first time that these groups had come to Washington that they have been frequently showing up and protesting and demonstrating and wreaking havoc. There were, there was all of the nonsense that happened right after the election. Um, and, and then, you know, and they're, you know, uh, vandalizing black churches and stabbing people. And, and so a good chunk of downtown DC has been experiencing this over and over again. And what happened last week at the Capitol really shook a lot of people. People were already worried and upset but I think for a lot of people, especially people, and this is not any fault of their own necessarily, but who don't spend their time following this stuff, right? They're not, they're not me or they're not hanging out with 
a militia group on, on their weekend or they're not researching the Klan or the, or the, you know, or, or the black nationalist or whomever, right? People who aren't as tied into what's happening. There was this sense of, wait, people, some of them armed stormed the Capitol and threatened the presidential line of succession. Like, Killed a cop? Like what's happening? People are shook. Like people, people are very, again, especially that Washington, right? The mm. white elite, they're like, wait a second, folks might actually be coming for us. <laughs> and, and and they're white people. Right? Yeah. It's well, not, like, it's not like the blacks head. around us. It's the <laughs> fucking white people from the country or wherever they're coming from. And like I said, and meanwhile, DC is sitting here like, those guys ain't coming over here. We're fine. You know what's interesting? So you know are what's they a- are they feeling like like I keep seeing on Twitter a lot? Hey, that's not our fight. Like that's a whole different thing that may not have any direct or immediate impact or importance to the to the predominantly African American community. Well, I, you know, I, look, I think two or three different things are true. I, I think that the uh, I think it was a city paper, one of our local uh, publications, did a good piece where they went to in D.C. Um, so D.C. for those who haven't been there is a is a grid. Northwest, mm-hmm. Northeast, Southwest, Southeast, right? Typically, the farther north and west you get, the whiter you get, right? And so traditionally, Northeast and Southeast, and Southeast particularly beneath the Anacostia River, that's black, black D.C., right? Not black elite, black. Not and the blackity blacks, just the real blacks. Yeah, not where I live. I'm in Northeast. Okay. Across the river and Southeast, is even blacker. But... The, they interviewed all these residents of what are Ward 7 and 8, Southeast D.C. And it was in their fascinating interviews, right? Because they were talking about, one, you had a lot of people who basically said, I'm not surprised. I'm horrified by this. But we've been telling you about these racists and these crazy people for how long? Why, why did no one listen to us, right? You have people who, there's a real sense of, again, especially I think uh, people in D.C., in the city city, have a real sense of pride of our city. Right. And now these folks are going to come in from around the country and screw up our stuff. There was a real, there's a real, there's some frustration. About you you it, know, right? what's funny about that? Here, here's what's ironic. Trump finally did get the entire wall built, but ironically it's around himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's around the Capitol building Capitol. in the White House. It's exactly. crazy. It's crazy. All right, look, I'm going to do this. We don't like to go a little more than an hour, but I'm going to give you the last thought and what do you expect next week and a message to, you know, our viewers and, you know, you're now part of the family. I'm going to send you a Coney kit. Uh, look, I, I, I could use a Coney. You know, my, 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 uh, my grandparents are in Southeast Michigan up in Troy. Um, and if they're listening, grandma and grandpa stay in the house. COVID is real. Um, they've been doing a really great job with that. Um, so I definitely want some Coney. It's been, it's been too long. I haven't been able to get out to Detroit this year because, you know, all the travel shut down. But pussy, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker, you know, suck tear gas. We can't take a little <laughs> virus. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> but look, I, you know, I don't know what happens next week. I I actually think the I actually think DC might not be the center of it. I think the stuff that goes on at the state capitals might actually uh. be worse. Um, and so that's something I'm thinking about that I'm worried about. You, you all, Michigan, know this far too well about what can happen in these spaces. And, um, and so that's going to be one of the things I'm following really closely. But no matter what happens, I think that, you know, this isn't a story that is about the occupant, the occupant of the presidency, right? It's not about President Trump, even though he's inserted himself and made a lot of this about him. This is about a lot of people out there, many of whom have been fed absolute lies 
who are living in an alternative reality have real legitimate grievances, but are trying to explain those grievances through these lies. And those, that population of people, whether that's 1 million or 10 million, it's not all 74 million who voted for, but if it's 10 million of them, they don't go away on January 20th. Right. They, live, they vote, they go, their kids go to school with our kids. They're in our churches and our synagogues there. And so these tensions, this, this vitriol, it doesn't just go away. And, you know, America is like the world champion at kicking the can on this. We've been doing it for however many hundred years, but there is this sense of just because something's scary to us or it's bad or it's frustrating, we can't just look the other way because what ends up happening is that energy and that hatred bottles up and it expresses itself in these dangerous ways. And so I'm hoping we can, um, you know, I, I, this is your challenge, Charlie. I need you to fix all of this. <laughs> fix the shit, bro. All I do, all I do, here's, here's what I do. Everybody's my family. I don't like all my family, but you're my, I'm on earth with you. You're my family. You, you say it, I'll say it back, we'll talk. And eventually we do get to someplace. If even the most noxious person, if you actually spend a little time, you'll actually arrive at someplace. I've even carpooled with the Grand Dragon of the Clan. In the end, I'm like, is he? Uh, I don't know, bro. You know, he's not scary. He's kind of dumb. <laughs> you, offered, you offered him a cracker, Charlie. I he offered him like, a cracker. <laughs> I do travel with saltines. But the guy with him, Calvin, I call him KK Calvin. He was making some legitimate points. And I'm thinking, there's there's something here in this guy. He's, you know what I mean? He's talking about work. And he's talking about, uh, you know, we're Christians. Because I, I say to the guy at the Avis counter, hey, you know, they're in the clan. And K.K. Calvin goes, we try to respect one another, sir. <laughs> I'm like, what? Huh? Huh? There's, you know, still some, you're redeemable. Let's not lose ourselves. And I think you're just one of those voices, man. I think everybody just heard it. You're still uh, well, smart, reasonable guy. Who does Charlie, I appreciate it. I'll be back anytime. You guys stay safe. Uh, this is uh, Wes Lowry. Just Wesley Lowry. Follow him on Twitter. I mean, he's huge. You'll find him. But follow him. The guy keeps track. He's very interesting. And as you can see, intelligent and well-balanced. Um, you know, all right, man. Let me know. And I'll, I'll get you, text me your address. I'll get you the Coney kit. Yeah, give me that Coney kit. Okay, go AmericanConeyIsland.com. Thanks, brother. We'll see you. Good to see you. You like that dude, Karen? Yeah, I do. He was pretty cool. I didn't know he was black. I didn't know what he was, though, until I was listening That's racist. To him. God, so. Karen. <laughs> I just said I didn't know until he said it. I was trying to listen. Yeah, like you're looking at him like, you part something? <laughs> hey, trying to judge him before he wait opens his mouth, huh? Wait a minute. Like the guy that asked me uh, other, yesterday in Trader Joe's if I was Indian because he needed help trying to figure out a dish. I'm like, what the? <laughs> what? He what, said, what? are you Indian? It's this old white guy. He says, are you Indian? I mean, said, excuse me? You mean like, Oj says, you mean like, 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 um, Ojibwe or, or <laughs> I have no idea. I said, I don't, I said, excuse me. I said, am I Indian? I said, why? And he holds up this box and he says, well, because I was wondering, I was like, you need to ask somebody else. Like, what the hell? What the hell are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you're like, so, look, look at this. I don't cook. 
<laughs> Fuck the nails that's, up. That's the real answer. That's what I'm talking about. But Daryl, I felt like I was on I was on the diversity day episode of the office. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh God. awesome. Yeah, that was a good show. I enjoyed that. Very, very insightful. I just when people are still frustrated. So we know all this, all this is out there, and at the end of the day, what difference does it make? Well, you keep That's on. I deal. look, I, I believe in y'all out there, and I'm hearing you. You don't hate. Pretty simple. Just debate. We can get there. You can see there's a lot of us. Thank you, Hackle, for being a good publisher. Mr. Mays, Wesley Lowry, you out there, Karen, Mark. It's There's more of us that want to And you, be- Charlie. And thank you. Thank you for helping to just clear the path through all the BS. And staying thank on you. it. Go to the Drew and uh, Mike store.com. Get this. And we'll help people with it. You got it. Yeah, right on. All right. Next week. You don't have to play it. You don't have to say it.